0: Podcast.
1: I said welcome
0: to, welcome to the
1: dirty sports podcast with Andy Ruther, Prano. Welcome to, Welcome to the dirty Sports podcast.
2: Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey. No chill, Prano.
1: Good late morning, Andy.
2: How's it going, man? I uh, I see you rocking the, uh, the Miller Lite hat.
1: Oh yeah, figure I give this. You know, I love Miller Lite. I love all the merch that they send us. the uh, the low The low profile hat, not really. Typically, my style, but I was like, oh, maybe I'll rock it on the show when the headphones will be pressing down my head anyway.
2: You so, know where that'll be good for the beach?
1: Yeah. Cause it's like it's definitely waterproof. Yeah. Good
2: for a run, yeah. good for beach volleyball. Absolutely. Take it maybe in the water. Yeah. Beware them sharks, bro. <laughs> I'm obsessed with that guy who posts the drone videos of great white sharks in Southern California fascinating I refuse to watch it I don't want to know yeah don't don't but like it's just for me it actually does't it makes me not scared because you're probably not gonna hear this but
1: like the frequency yeah and they're not messing with people ever but whatever but whatever I'll be I'd be the guy that's just my luck yeah.
2: It's it's at the Malibu Artist. If anybody wants to watch any of these on YouTube, I don't know. It's pretty cool. I I am missing that California weather right now, I'll tell you that much. Getting some rain. Oh, the heat is just non-stop. Yeah. Like, you know, the 90 degree heat and 90% humidity. It's been this way like three weeks, maybe minus a
1: couple days. It's actually been kind of overcast here, not just at the beach. I mean, I went to the Dodgers, Mets games both Saturday and Sunday, and both games for at least uh, I don't know four, four or five innings. Cloudy, although yesterday, shout out to Chris Wild, happy birthday, uh, Chris Wild. Chris Wild took me to the game. I mean, I think I've settled on it. I think the best seats at the at best seats at Dodger Stadium are home plate low. Yeah, close home plate. He got us right out of the sun. It was like we were just under the overhang. So we we're in the shade the whole day. I gotta say, I love Dodger Stadium. I love the vibe of Dodger Stadium. I love you know the aesthetics of it. Um, I like watching a game there, but Dodger Stadium just keeps getting worse logistically, especially with like everything that's going on with checking bags and now you need this and the e tickets. It's like it's the incompetence of Dodger Stadium, getting you in, getting you parked like you can get to the game an hour before the game starts and you barely make first pitch because they they're incompetent in getting you into the ballpark, getting you into the parking lot, getting you into the ballpark. They got to check everybody's bags for, you know, beach balls, which they all still get in. Like Dodger Stadium the I, I wish I could just go watch a baseball game at Dodger Stadium without Dodgers fans doing the fucking wave the whole time.
2: Do you think getting into Dodger Stadium is a Dodger Stadium thing or a sports thing across the board?
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, I, like, I went to City Field when I was back in New York recently. Easy breezy. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm just, know. I, I'm I just, just wondering,
2: because I, I, I haven't noticed – that's the same for me. I haven't noticed any problems this summer at the ballpark either. I, feel I like mean, under-
1: I, I feel like at Dodger Stadium even, like – getting a hot dogs a pain in the ass.
2: Yeah, now to be fair, it's the biggest it's the biggest stadium in baseball. You know, there's a lot more people there.
1: Sure, but let's say there's let's say you go to a whatever, a Reds game and there's 30,000 people there instead of 50,000. It it should theoretically take 50% longer for you to get a hot dog at Dodger Stadium instead of 4,000% longer.
2: Yeah. It's always been slow from my experience. That's nothing new.
1: I just feel like it keeps getting worse. I feel like parking, getting in there parking wise keeps getting worse. Getting a hot dog keeps getting worse.
2: But, but I would say, you know, that's across the board right now in our country. Like, I don't know what you've experienced just service. I mean, they just, they just can't hire anybody. There's the amount of workers they need everywhere. Like if I go in a restaurant now, I just expect terrible service because they're so slow. I don't know how it is out there, but like that's just, it's a problem.
1: Yeah. I haven't noticed it, especially. I mean, some places you can tell, some places you can tell immediately when the service is bad and you're like, oh, they just can't, they can't handle how many people are here. And then some places I feel like if you're a well run operations, just still, you, you still run well. I feel like the Dodgers are definitely not that, at least logistically.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, it's always been a problem getting into that stadium so it's just a nightmare we can uh we can talk a little SoFi Stadium though too
1: yeah we'll see if that's even you know it's funny cuz then i went after the dodger game on sunday i went and met a buddy out in inglewood and had a couple beers and got caught in traffic at like 11 coming home and i was like what is this about and i think it was post chargers traffic it was nuts i like i was like oh this is really, this is like a weird place for there to be traffic. And then I realized, oh, yeah, SoFi is going to start messing up traffic in these parts too.
2: Yeah. So Michael Majid, Majid, Majid used my Chargers
1: 49ers preseason tickets. And uh, what was his nachos review? Did he get a uh, Rydell helmet full of nachos? <laughs> No, but he's got... He Did he, he got, try, the, did he try the, the fried chicken helmet bucket?
2: He, he, I'll play the call. He left a pretty good review, and, and I just got the phone with him before we started the show to get a more thorough review. It, it's just classic. It's classic LA sports fans. I'll play the call, but he witnessed a wild fight between a Raiders fan and a Cowboys fan at a Chargers 49ers game. Yo, fool. No, you, yo, fool. <laughs> it's unbelievable but but by the way before i play the call and obviously he's a professional but this is how you leave a call like he's setting the bar for dirt balls you'll see i mean he's over the limit but i told him you know you're you're reviewing the stadium and he's grading it on a scale of a through f and he's hitting the high points i can hear him coherently so dirt balls, keep that in mind. Like when you leave a when you leave a call, 310-359-8365, just listen to listen to Michael Majid. This is how he left the call. So this is his review of SoFi Stadium.
3: Hey guys, Michael Majid here. Just got back from Chargers Niners preseason at SoFi Stadium, courtesy of Andrew Ruther. Thanks, Andy, for letting me see North Dakota State football legend. Trey Lance aired out in front of 85% Niner fans minus the two Raiders and Cowboys fans who inevitably got in a brawl that started when the Raider fan, who was wearing a shirt that said, I hope both your teams lose, got into it with the Cowboy fan, which was escalated when his girlfriend smashed a beer can on the head of the Cowboys fan's girlfriend, and it splattered everywhere. Now that we've got that out of the way, let me give you my insights. Pros, aesthetics are amazing. Literally every seat gives a great view of the field. It feels like an outdoor stadium, even though it's indoors. Bathrooms are easily accessible and in and out. And the Jumbotron must be like 7K because it's the clearest picture I've seen, and it's massive. All right, here are the cons. Parking's a debacle. In a city with no public transportation, they didn't build enough parking to facilitate all the seats, and they, quote-unquote, encourage you to buy a parking pass at nearby independent lots and shuttle over. What they don't tell you is that you have to buy a shuttle pass. It's not free with your parking, so it ends up being about the same as if you took an Uber from Hollywood. Also, the concessions need work. Only about half at most are open, and most of them have limited food items. I went with the cheeseburger sub, and it tasted essentially like a foot-long White Castle burger, and that was one of the better options. Finally, the announcer's use of sound effects and inflection of his voice for every minor play is reckless. I've never seen anyone get so excited about third and 20 in my life. So overall, I give it a B minus to a B if they can improve the quality of the food. Because so let's be honest, they're not fixing parking or getting rid of that announcer that they clearly founded the strip club in Hawthorne. All right, that's it. Let me know your thoughts. Later.
1: Michael Majid, Ma- How about Michael Drop right there? I mean, that was pure. Told you that, that's a pure review. He, he might give SoFi a B minus. I give his call an A. I agree.
2: That's that's a minute and 50 seconds of here's how I'm reviewing the stadium, how I got there, the fight that happened. A lot to break down here, which I, th- I think we should do. The the part that's disappointing on the parking, but it makes sense because I get emails nonstop from the Chargers about buying your parking pass. And I kept thinking, why am I still like, why am I still getting these emails before, before the game even get your, get your parking pass. So the shuttle is not included. If you bought a pass at a local parking lot, that's a terrible system.
1: Why is there, why are there even independent parking lots nearby? Like chargers should own that Rams should own that. Some these guys should. All the parking lots should be stadium lots. It's crazy. I mean, I know LA is like the car, you know, capital of the world. And it's hard to say, hey, we're going to have a stadium that seats 60,000 people or whatever it is. And like in LA, every single person, even if two people go together, they're like, we're going to take separate cars. Just like no one in LA carpools anywhere. Um, So I understand it's hard to like have space for 60,000 vehicles but at the same time, like have that be part of the plan. Yeah. Do a deal with Uber, do a deal with Lyft, do a deal with whatever to like for game days, with your parking, with your season tickets, you get a, you get a promo code. It's not that hard to figure out like 100% you, you you boost some, you know, ride share with a promotion. They give a kickback to you. It's not that difficult. Do Uber Lyft, Promotional like Chargers 21 gets you 50% off. Like, what do they care?
2: Yeah, I agree. That, I mean, that, that is a thing that is very solvable. That's a problem that has an easy solution. And he's probably right. They're not going to make a solution. The food thing is a debacle. Everybody's talking about on social media. So he had what looks like, well, first of all, a cheeseburger sub. What is this? And he's saying it's basically a giant White Castle
1: burger. You know, I got to say a lot of people, there's people who are on the fence about like what City Field is as a as a ballpark. Is it good? Is it bad? I'll tell you the one thing. You go to City Field. It's Shake Shack. It's Blue Smoke. It's Mama's of Corona. Like it's New York food. The idea that there's not six in and outs inside SoFi is ludicrous. Dude, you're a L.A. fucking ding. Have a have six in and outs scattered around the place. Have a fucking Roscoe's chicken and waffles like this isn't hard.
2: Well, I bet it just boils down to they don't want to pay the money. They don't want to pay the licensing fees to in and out. Or just maybe it's,
1: instead they want to get roasted on social media for putting cheeseburgers covered with pickles on like a fucking hoagie roll.
2: Yeah, that, that's that's not a good like. Do you think they changed the situation there?
1: I don't know. It's clearly for both teams, right? It's clearly like a so-fi thing. And when we went there, Andy, and we toured, we didn't see a single concession stand that had any sort of, you know, corporate tie-in at all. It was all generic. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There there was no, I couldn't agree more. It's the same way. Like if I go to the Reds ballpark, they're only serving – they're serving the La Rose's, the Cincinnati Pizza Chain, the Graders Ice Cream, the Skyline, the local Cincinnati. You know, it, I just I don't
1: listen. One of the things, one of my complaints about Dodger Stadium for sure, probably my biggest complaint of all. They don't they don't serve Miller Lite. I mean, to to me that's a slap in the face to every, you know, red blooded American. But at the same time, the, the you know the counterpoint is. It's all Golden Road, which is a local L.A. brewery, and it's all Montejo and Modelo and whatever to cater to their fan base. Sure. So there's a strategy behind it. You know, I think that they should I think they should also think about the strategy of sometimes, you know. Great American patriots who have good beer tastes are going to attend the ballpark, but, uh, you know, like it's, it's not that hard. And to go to SoFi and have these weird, like, you know, brandless concession stand that are served that they're literally getting roasted day one.
2: Just destroyed. Now, let's let's talk about his positives, which you and I, we didn't see a game, but we did a tour. And I'm sure we both understand what he's saying. There's not a bad view
1: in that stadium. I mean, your seats are pretty high to the top i mean you're pretty central to the field pretty close to the 50 but you're pretty high up but just like when we went to the cowboy stadium it was like oh that's gonna be a dope seat
2: he said it was great he said it's a great view and uh you know with that scoreboard and like he said where you feel like you're outside but you're inside i do like that the bathrooms are accessible so that's that's a huge positive but the other the other wrinkles they gotta figure out and the announcer thing that would be annoying to me that's so LA
1: yeah and i'm i'm sh- i'm thinking that there's probably a different guy for the rams probably so congrats to the rams for not having that guy but sounds awful
2: now the fight is hilarious to me yeah that wasn't in the section of my seats he said that was when they were just doing a walk around that was more of the corner section
1: Now, you think that there's like, you know, the thing with all the stuff, uh, fights, police shootings, whatever, everybody's always like, oh, we're just seeing them more because we have phones. And it's like, we've had, we've had camera phones for a decade now. And I feel like we've, I've seen twice the amount of fights. I think the fights are up in two weeks of the preseason.
2: I agree. I, I think, I think some of the other things I think have happened a lot. But I don't think sports fights, I, I think the NFL sports fights just keep going. on. I mean, think about it. He's he's at a preseason Niners Chargers, completely meaningless game. Justin Herbert didn't even play. And a Cowboys fan is fighting a Raiders fan and a woman smashes a beer can.
1: And, on then, top did of- you, and then did you see the other that was like, what was that? The Rams fight? basically started because the no uh you see the pittsburgh was, one yeah i saw the pittsburgh one but there was a rams fight that was basically two guys oh, arguing yeah. and then it started where the woman threw a beer it's like ladies why don't you stay the fuck out of this yeah
2: this, this seems to be a trend going on right now
1: yeah and and the she, pittsburgh fight was started by a woman
2: yeah to steal a line from dave chappelle and trading spouses better check your tone girl I, I mean, look, it's not a good situation right now with the fights. And, and, and dude, if you're going to a game, like just, just relax. You're fighting at a sports event. You're a grown-ass adult fighting in a sports event. What is wrong with you?
1: It's ridiculous.
2: Go enjoy the game. Enjoy the $30 hoagie cheeseburger. <laughs> but, but that situation, to me, that is the most L.A. situation ever. Yo, full Cowboys fan versus yo, full Raiders fan. Yeah, and he said, and I know it's a preseason game, but he doubled down when I talked to him on the phone. He goes, "Dude, this stadium was ninety-five percent Niners fans." He goes, "It was that bad."
1: Who are the Chargers fans at this point? Well,
2: well, he made an interesting comment. He goes, "Every Chargers fan I saw was also basically wearing a Padres hat, so they're from San Diego."
1: Yeah. And that, and and we know that population's been cut down greatly because a lot of people are like boycott the Chargers now, San Diego fans. I think it's going to be hard for that Chargers team, unless they're insanely good, to like win over a fan base.
2: They might just, you know,
1: you know, the odds are against it to ever win it over. The the. The true core, we've talked about it before, but the core, like the real baseline of Dodgers fans are the Mexicans.
2: A hundred percent.
1: The the white people, they show up late, they leave early, they play with beach balls, they do the wave, you know.
2: The good fans are the Mexican fans.
1: And it seems like they've either stuck with the Raiders or gone with the Rams. So I don't know what, you know, what's your plan for developing a chargers fan base here
2: i have a guy who lives two thousand miles away I have season tickets that he sells and stuff up.
1: yeah well that's i think i think it's going to end up being very similar to what it was in carson which it's going to be a destination game for road teams i mean it's- your ticket your giants tickets are going to giants fans right you're ca- you, you have, you've got a friend who's Begging for your Cowboys tickets as a Cowboy fan. You don't have a lot of Chargers fans that are reaching out and going like, Andy, I'm a Chargers yeah. fan. Could I get tickets to this game or this game?
2: Majid wants my Patriots tickets. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be bad. And if you have a stadium that seats 65,000 and every game is 75% plus the opposing team, that's got to wear on you, man never having a home game. Yeah. Especially they have some talent. The Chargers have some talent. Absolutely. To be very good and very competitive. They just, they just didn't. The whole situation is just a mess. But they don't care. You know, we, we've talked about this. They, they don't care. At the end of the day, they're going to make their money. The Spanos yeah. family is going to make millions upon millions of dollars. So what do they care? They probably don't. All they care about is that those seats are being filled. And even if they're not the TV deals and the licensing deals and all those other deals.
1: You know, we talked uh, about this Raiders Cowboys fight. It's a great segue into, did you end up watching Malice of the palace? I did. I
2: really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed that. It was not
1: long. It wasn't long. I think it wasn't long because there's whole, there's not a whole lot of story to tell with it other than, what they told you know what I mean it's funny because the everything with that you know district attorney or whoever he was was like "Well, 10 million hours of footage and it's like (laughs) then you talked about it for three minutes they're like then we found the guy then we got him
2: well that's one. that's one of the things I liked about it is that you like I forgot I forgot about all the criminal implications on both the players and the fans and I did find that interesting yeah. How like the DA, for the most part, had the players' backs and being like, dude, if somebody's going on the court like that guy against our Test and his fists are cocked, Ron our Test is not liable for jacking that dude. Yeah, he's protecting and, himself. And
1: that was great. That was the, that was the best part of the Malice in the Palace uh, when it happened. Was like that guy, and then the guy Jermaine O'Neal punches. It's like, dude, you're coming on the floor looking for a fight. I'm, I'm stoked that you're getting punched by an NBA player. Yeah, me too. But, you know, what's interesting is I saw it and there's not a ton of votes on it, but I saw somebody posted it in the dirty sports Reddit. Who is at fault? The Pistons or the Pacers? Somehow the Pistons are leading this vote like the Pistons aren't responsible for this brawl. Right. Like. No, I would say I would say that. The responsibility still almost, almost with a hundred percent. Like the guy who throws the cup or the beer or whatever, he's responsible in some regard. But like I would still say, Ron Artest is 95% responsible for the malice in the palace. He, he fouls Ben Wallace in a game that there's no reason to be fouling him because he's a psycho. Then he lays on the scorer's table. Then he goes into the fucking crowd. Like it's, I would say Ron Artest is 95% responsible for everything that happened there that day.
2: Well, what's interesting is I, I do like the deep dive. Now we see, we, we, we knew because because we were old enough, like we knew Ron Artest was completely bananas. Yeah. But w- what we didn't know, I didn't know, he had a traveling therapist with him. He had a traveling shrink with him. And then you hear him say, well, my therapist said, to move, remove from the scene, which that's what's Ron's doing. Right. He's laying on the table. He's trying to gather his thoughts. Clearly that didn't play out the way it also, should have. Th-
1: there was a little bit of a show to that, right? He's laying down on the scorer's table.
2: Yeah, for sure. There's a show to that.
1: And also like this whole, you know, the whole idea that, and, and I'm glad the guy got, you know, uh, whatever punished criminally the guy who threw the beer or whatever but he got
2: got a felony charge i don't know what
1: happened but in the end it's like dude there's been the the giants chargers game where somebody throws a fucking like the whole crowd's throwing snowballs there's been people in philadelphia throwing batteries there's been boston fans throwing the n-word around there's like there's been things as bad or worse than getting hit with a cup the idea i mean the, the bottom line is if that hits anybody but Ron Artest, I don't think they go into the, the crowd. Yeah, I agree. And you can't and, and the thing is is like I think I think forever, you know, the idea that Steven Jackson, Steven Jackson unapologetically like going to fight for Ron Artest, like I, I don't think anybody ever blamed him that Ron Artest was in a brawl and he went up there to try to help his boy. But the bottom line is he doesn't go into the stands unless Artest goes in the stands. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. I mean, Ron Artest led the way. And it was just what's fascinating about what happened. It's just a combination of everything the, the lack of security, the lack of law enforcement. It, it, it was basically, you know, everything was just ready to combust. And you have the drunk fans, their teams getting their ass kicked. You have a heated rivalry. You have two teams that are very similar as far as defensive minded teams that have players that can lose it at any minute.
1: Yeah. And no one is uh no one's defending like how those fan like Detroit is known to be that kind of city, that kind of fan base. Like, I can't say I'm surprised that guys are throwing chairs or dumping beers on people or dumping like whatever, like, yeah, trash, total trash move. But also, it got to that point because Ron Artest went into the stand and started punching somebody that didn't do anything. Also,
2: well, after watching it, part of me is watching this saying this could have been way worse. I mean, imagine if you had, imagine if you had hundreds of more fans. I mean, I mean, it, it could have gotten really bad with the fights.
1: It got pretty bad.
2: I mean, I mean, it was bad. I but I also think. It could have been even worse. I, I, I mean, Ron Artest is, he is a fascinating guy. He truly is. So some of the lines, the takeaways, that line, when he goes into the locker room and he says to Jermaine O'Neal, are we going
1: to get in trouble? That, yeah, that unbelievable. is unbelievable.
2: That, is, that shows the psychological mentality of Ron that Artest. Is,
1: that is, uh, am I going to be home for WrestleMania? <laughs> That's the equivalent. That's Bren- the.
2: Dassey. Brandon Dassey. Is it Brandon yeah. Dassey? Yeah. It is. So that's a, actually, that's a great comparison.
1: Like, bro, what? You're oh, jail for murder. Yeah. Are we you just, start, you just started a full arena melee. Are we going to get in trouble for this? Yeah, bro. You might not ever play in the NBA again.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost, it's a childlike mentality. Again, Ron was so out there. to say that is just unbelievable but ron was also interesting in that i thought you know he called himself a coward he openly said that on the yeah. documentary for leaving the pacers for demanding a trade cuz he said he couldn't handle it couldn't handle the post fight
1: he's got he's got some or i should say vice versa like there's there's some kanye vibes like i watched i watched the uh Ooh, I like. Did you it. watch the Kanye Letterman interview? Like Kanye's like, you know the whole thing. Of like Kanye's crazy. Kanye's crazy. Kanye's like, oh yo, I'm crazy. He's like, I'm like, he's like, I have severe mental problems and I need heavy medication. And all those times that I did some shit that you thought was wild, I was off my meds, crazy. Yeah, so it's like. Ron, test has similar things where he's sitting there like, Oh, a therapist. And I know I do this. And I know I make these bad decisions because this happens. Like he's just full on like, yo, I'm crazy, but,
2: but you know what? I think I there's something, with it. I think there's something to that, that I personally, I value and appreciate that because there, there is honesty and there's self-awareness. He knows that. Like if you, if you know, if you know some of your weaknesses,
1: but as it took a, him a long. It look, took him a long time to get there. We're we're finding out about him being open about this now. Sure, when he's in the league. He's changing his name and being like, no, it's it's totally normal. No, I'm no. quitting this team. I'm going to this thing because it's yeah, it's whatever. I'm fighting this guy.
2: No, and that's fine. But but I still I still appreciate the awareness or evolution, whatever you want to call it, to at least understand that. Like like if you know as it look, we all have weaknesses as humans. If you know your weaknesses or where you can go to dark places, I think that's really important because at least you're aware. And you're right. It's more now. I don't think he fully knew that then because he was such a nut job, but he ironed it out. Now I did, I did, I did forget. I was laughing. They're like, oh yeah, Ron Artest went to, and changed his name to metal world peace. And he went to the Lakers and he won a title. And I totally forgot that the elbow he threw right at James Harden's head. Remember that? Oh yeah. On the Lakers. And it was, it was a brutal elbow.
1: Yeah. And he's got, I mean, if you did a Ron Artest super cut of like his terrible reckless, like in trying to injure somebody fouls, it, it it'd be longer than, you know, It'd be longer than Kobe's game winner's highlights, like it'd be four minutes long,
2: well attending the source i I didn't know about the source awards where I forgot that was wild, yeah, saying that he had to go to a funeral and his teammates see him presenting an award at the source awards, like that's some loony shit.
1: The weird thing about this documentary is like Ben Wallace is the only piston that'll talk, yeah,
2: can we talk about his voice for a minute,
1: yeah. Dude, is there anyone out there with a deeper voice than Ben Wallace? No. And then it was funny, like, Ben Wallace is there for, like, three minutes in the whole documentary. He's the only pissed-in thing, and he's basically just like, people didn't know my brother died. you're like, okay. And you were upset about that.
2: Like, it's wild. His voice is just... Really, I put in Twitter Ben Wallace's voice. Nothing's popping up. Nothing. I can't play a clip of his voice. Nobody's posting something.
1: You remember the show Iconoclasts, where people of different like artistry would like interview each other? I want a Andrew Luck, Ben Wallace conversation. <laughs> oh, that would be good.
2: That would be good. I put Ben Wallace into Twitter and what keeps popping up is the uh, United Kingdom Secretary of State for Defense. Yeah. <laughs> it's Ben Wallace. I don't care about him. Yeah, his voice was insanely deep. That is a good point, though. No one else is willing to talk.
1: Or or did they even not kind of like, I don't know. Is that why it was an hour? Because they just couldn't get the other side to like weigh in. What did you like,
2: I don't, Did you I don't know if you saw Jermaine O'Neal was an executive producer on that.
1: Yeah. And I was gonna say it it was very, it was very much like a Pacers story, you know. So let's
2: say this doesn't happen. Obviously, the Pistons took four out of five from the Lakers in the finals the year before. They'd beat the Pacers in the Eastern Commerce Finals. They lose in seven games that year to the Spurs, the Pistons do when they're trying to repeat. Do you think there's, Do you, would you give it an, an edge or anything happen differently if the Pacers stay together?
1: Not really. Yeah. I don't, Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, listen, the idea that the Pacers gave them, you know, went to six games with them the year before. I think that's just a testament to them also playing that kind of ball. You know what I mean? Getting in there and with their with the Pistons' defense and 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 beating up on a Lakers team that has won a couple titles and is really? definitely yeah and is definitely you know is it is is the Shaq Kobe like they were a defensive you know their their idea was let's shut people down defensively. So getting into a six game series with the with the Pacers where you look at that. Game six is 59 59 when the fucking I saw that was wild 59 59 when the Arteta... in the fourth quarter. So it's like, it's like, you know, if you're playing, no one's running away with games when you're playing when both teams are playing games into the 50s. I think the, the matchup is just better. That being said, it's like, I just don't think, I think that I think the Pistons are better had a better roster in terms of winning As guys who could get
2: buckets games. you know you had Hamilton you had Chauncey Billups guys who could I, I agree I think that I think the
1: Pistons have a better roster Rasheed Rasheed was, was the guy that 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 did it for me that was the I, the Rasheed Wallace trade I've talked about so many times how much money I made because I was like oh now they added a guy who's big gets like uh, you know if the if that Pistons team with Rasheed and Ben Wallace and uh, Tayshaun Prince as a front court. That front court. If they can't beat that Spurs team, come on.
2: Yeah. Okay. Here's a good question. What team? This would be a good one. Who smokes more weed, that Pistons team or that Pacers team? I think. Because you got you got a lot of guys on both those teams who are openly big marijuana users. Yeah, I mean Stephen Jackson said in the documentary he was getting high every day. Yeah. Obviously, we have schweed Wallace.
1: Yeah. Might I mean might go down to the bench guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Scott Pollard's facial hair tells me that he smoked a lot of weed. Ooh yeah. Um, there were more like austin crozier white bros on the pacers Pacers, you know reggie didn't i'm going i'm going detroit
2: yeah you're going detroit
1: but i don't know i bet you rip hamilton like wasn't smoking weed during the season i bet you chauncey's not it's really just a rashid but rashid and ben wallace alone just like their size
2: Well, Steven Jackson's token up. Ron Artest has got to be token up. Yeah, or maybe not. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you, though. I I don't see, you know, because I we're hearing and we heard that from a call that said he felt the season was stolen from a dirt ball, but I don't think they get past Detroit.
1: And even if they do, I don't think that then then they're champs. If that Detroit team's not beating that that Spurs team, I just don't. I mean, is that the Spurs team that Tony Parker's the MVP of? Or no, is that he Duncan?
2: he was MVP when they beat LeBron's Cavs.
1: Oh right, right, right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm going no. I'm. I just think that's. Again, so so if obviously. We have, we have the Parker MVP season. We have the Kawhi MVP against LeBron's Heat. Otherwise, it's all Duncan. So Duncan's getting his enough to get finals MVP against Rashid and Ben Wallace. Yeah. I think, you know, that's a tougher matchup for him than a Pacers team whose wing defender is the best defender on the team. By the way, there's a great book, The Art of the Beautiful Game. That taught there's a NBA book, and each chapter is about uh, like a different person. There's a chapter about Steve Nash. There's a chapter about Kobe. There's a chapter that's about um, Artest and Shane Battier as the two dominant wing defenders when they were on the Rockets together, and how like their styles are totally different. One is, you know, Shane's all about reading. All the 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 you know the reports and figuring out players tendencies and forcing them on and test refusing to read any of that stuff and going solely on whatever and how like the two of them together with those differing styles were basically unlike like if you are a wing you just didn't score against them and it's an awesome awesome read. My so bad. Big basketball fans.
2: I mean, you heard you heard test was taking zero advice from Reggie Miller, right? He's just like, whatever, dude. I don't care what you've accomplished. I don't care. You've been in the league this long. Yeah. I'm a lunatic. Where's our test from? Is he from Queens?
1: I mean, he went to St. John's. I think he's from. Yeah. I think he's from somewhere around there. I know a girl who banged him. Yeah. Queens, New York. It's only 41. Yeah. It's basically our age. I think I've said this on the show before
2: girl. I know who had sex with him claimed. She didn't know who he was or he was married. And I just think it's the funniest thing. Like that to me, that's an all time bucket list. Like you banged Ron our test. Yeah. What was that like? It shrinks just sitting on the side of the bed. But take it slow, Ron. Take it slow. Gather Got your five. thoughts. Gather your thoughts. Well, Joe, football is right around the corner, which I know we're both excited about. We have two preseason NFL games in the books, only one more, and the season starts two weeks from Thursday, it's exciting. Which, which means fantasy football, and I got a great announcement, new FanDuel fantasy players, your day is about to get 20% better. Dirt balls. I know a lot of you guys play fantasy football. Many of you have reached out to me. So start playing fantasy this football season and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit up to $500. So that's a big time bonus. All you need to do is all you need to do to claim it is make your first deposit. So you can have new lineups every day. There's many different types of game formats the main slate, the single game, the best ball, the snake draft. I know probably 95% of the listeners right now play fantasy. So this is a great offer that you want to take advantage of. You can even play private contest with your friends. So dirtballs, sign up today at fanduel.com forward slash dirty to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's fanduel.com forward slash dirty age and location restrictions apply bonus issued on non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days so once again experience season-long wins without the season-long waits sign up today at fanduel.com forward slash dirty to claim your bonus and start playing today that's fanduel.com forward slash dirty and start making some money or at least attempting to Who do you have in your fantasy? I don't
1: like, have anybody yet.
2: Like, like, like if you, are you a guy? Cause I know there's different strategies. Are you going always quarterback first?
1: I mean, it all depends on tra- draft position to me. Like, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm definitely not a uh, running back first guy. If yeah. It, I should say that the, the wording of that is misleading. I'm, I'm not definitely a running back first guy. Meaning, uh, there are a lot of fantasy strategists who are like f- running back first, no matter what. Now, if I have the first overall pick or the second overall pick or the third, but then like to me, sometimes it gets to the point where, oh, this fourth guy, I'm like, come on, is the fourth running back really more valuable than a Patrick Mahomes? Is he really more valuable than a Devontae Adams? Like, so I will. I will I will go running back in the second round or the third round if I if my draft position calls for it as opposed to the guys who are like well I have the eighth pick looks like I'm just a Jonathan Taylor guy and I got to figure out my shit later on it's like nah fuck that because I think running backs from year to year besides the Christian McCaffrey types uh, those guys are I mean look at look at a guy like Todd Gurley there was a year where people are like Todd Gurley's the number one and Todd Gurley doesn't fucking play the whole year. Like I think the the shelf life on a running back is so short. And then also the chances of of them getting hurt is so high.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Running backs, man. No, you got to go with the quarterback. So I want to discuss kind of a random thing. But I find it interesting because of what's happening right now with the trading card industry. So, because of the pandemic and I've, you know, other circumstantial things, I don't fully know. But I know the pandemic has a huge part in it. The value of trading cards is like at an all-time high, and I'm assuming that means because people were going back in their cards. I, you know, I, you know, I don't know, but it's. I know it's all related to last I mean, year. I
1: think and a half. it's a. Yeah. I mean, I think the pandemic is certainly a part of it, but also there's, you know, look at just the way culture happens now. Like suddenly we're doing like mom jeans again. You know what I mean? Like suddenly wow. we're doing like highway. So it's all it's all cyclical. Like suddenly all the people our age who have a shit ton of cards from the 90s are going back to the 90s and mean like, look at this. Look what I have. And that era that's between then and now, where cards kind of fell off, is like not really a thing. It's all cyclical. We always, we love the, we love like the 25 to 30 year old retro move, whatever that is. You know what I mean? And we always fucking have. I mean, look at, I mean, look at what people look like now and how people dress now as compared to what they did five, six years ago was like, Uh, It was everywhere. was a man bun. Everybody had a 70s style. Everybody had long hair again and beards and whatever. And you're like, why? It's like, so, so, you know, I assume growing up you were a big card collecting guy. I was, I was, my brother was now I have not because I don't have like my, my little brother's got all our stuff, but also like, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to be that guy. Um, But It's the retro, it's the people who are going back 30 years to their childhood and diving into that stuff and now being like, oh, I'm going to get into this again.
2: Yeah, well, I have gone back on my cards now that I'm home where I grew up. And this was huge news. I I think it's huge. And I I had no clue until I started reading the financial implications of this major league of Major League Baseball ending a 70 year deal with Tops at what is called now the height of baseball trading cards. I mean it's it's I don't know it's fascinating on so many ways it's basically it's pure capitalism like we're going somewhere else. It's also though a lot of people don't like it. They think it's a short-sighted move by Rob Manfred. Tops and Major League Baseball 70 years. So
1: I think it's even more than capital I think it's one of those things where the return of the popularity is this is something we can take advantage of. Why don't we just do it with this organization, this company that we're already like fanatics?
2: Well, they already have that. This is where it's complicated. So baseball, tops had no clue they're ending this deal. Topps had no clue. They, they didn't even have a chance to make
1: their own offer to match because it's not about that. It's about the fact that major league baseball is already doing fanatics for gear, doing whatever. It's a total, it's, that's a scam. It's a kickback. It's again, it's a, a full on kickback situation.
2: So both baseball, basketball, and football, all the major leagues, they have equity in fanatics. Yeah. So they have their own cut. And I don't know how that works with the owners and maybe the players. Because also, I think, I could be wrong, I think the Major League Baseball Players Association as well has equity. So basically, they don't renew their contract with Topps, which will end in a couple years. And now they're going to Fanatics. And this completely shakes up the industry. Topps was valued. I I couldn't believe this. Topps was going to go public. I mean, they're not going public anymore. They were going to go public. They're going to be a publicly traded company. And a lot. And, and their main dog is obviously Major League Baseball. Tops was valued at $11 billion, which is crazy to think. But now everything is up in the air because Major League Baseball didn't renew the contract. So Tops co-owner is Michael Eisner. I don't know if you recognize that name. Yeah. He used to run Disney. So, I mean, I mean, these are all business moves and he's pissed. I read some stories. He had a very heated call with Rob Manfred Thursday when this news leaked. I was like, dude, are you serious? You guys are going to do this without even letting us match. We have the 70 year history, obviously all the most popular cards, the most expensive soul. Like we're not
1: going to let you match because if you match and it's public that you made a better offer than fanatics made, then we, look like assholes for not going with you when the point is we don't want to go with you no matter what because we don't get we're, we don't get part of your profits yeah it, this is dude re- remember when fucking stubhub came or, came out and was like oh this is the you know this is how you can get tickets on the second market without having to go to scalpers and then all of a sudden ticketmaster buys stubhub and now all the ticketmaster events sell out immediately but you can get them the second that they go on sale for double the price on StubHub, basically Ticketmaster was just like, hey, we're doubling the price on you. We're pretending we're selling them for this price, but we're really selling them for this price. Yeah. It's all, it's all a fucking
2: scam. And what might happen is Fanatics might end up buying tops anyway. Now. Even more ridiculous. But a lot of people are wondering, including myself, Not that I have cards that are worth so much, but whenever this deal ends, which I think is 2023 or maybe 2025, it's probably already affecting the value of the tops cards because they're going to lose the licensing agreement with the players
1: or maybe it'll make you go up or they increase it. Yeah. Yeah. But like I- this just stinks of we're gonna have a company that we own and we're gonna be able to determine how many of these cars go out, NFTs, all this shit. It's like nothing's ever good when it's monopolized and you feel like you're purchasing from one thing, but you're really purchasing from the like the other thing. Like, like yeah. it's so stupid. I mean, this is the same way, this is the same way it is now with. Uh, merch you go on to buy some team merch you can't find the nike product that you're looking for anymore you can't find whatever it all just redirects you to fanatics it all redirects you to the nfl shop it's like dude you don't have what i'm looking for and now you're blocking me from finding it because you want everything to go through your shop yeah and god forbid then you make something with it you don't have a licensing deal. We're going to bankrupt you. It's
2: just, it's like, like, well, that's why and I what said- What has
1: Major League Baseball gotten right? What has it gotten right? So the idea that you have this other company, Tops, that has been getting cards right for 70 years, now you're going to take it out of the hands of people who are getting it right, put it in the hands of people who have never gotten it right? Well, well, well hold on,
2: not, not only- Fanatics has never had cards. This this is what, what finds, I find this so fascinating is Tops has been doing it for 70 years. Fanatics is just now going to introduce trading cards. Right. And, and to be honest, you know what it makes me think of? I don't know if you remember like the Honeycomb cereal when you would get a trading card. Yeah. And I'd always laugh because it'd be Mark McGuire, but they didn't have the licensing agreement. So yeah. So ju-
1: just wearing a red helmet and a white jersey.
2: Yeah. And I'd always laugh like nobody wants these shitty honeycomb cards, these yeah. postcards. That I mean, Fanatics won't be that because they will have the agreements. But the thought of me being like, "Look at my new Fanatics card," I don't know. I like I don't like it as, as a guy who definitely has sentimental value with his cards and nostalgia. Look, I look. I again, I understand like they're going to do the best move for the league and for the players financially. Like they all, they all profit from this, the players, the owners, the league, this is a better financial move for them, but I don't know, man. I don't like it. It stinks. Like you said, we grew up collecting cards. It's fun to look at your old cards. I have great memories of going into a card shop. There was a local one by me called Sports Cards Plus. And you'd go in, you know, you'd be like nine years old and you're trying to negotiate with the guy at the store the value of your card, which is so funny to think about. Yeah. Kids aren't doing that nowadays.
1: I have no idea. But I know kids are into it these days. I know the adults are back into it these days.
2: Like my nephew is fascinated. I've shown him my cards. He's nine. I was showing him. I think I said this, I got a bunch of Michael Jordan cards and he just couldn't get over this. He's looking at these cards. He's like, wow, Michael Jordan, 1990 Fleer. Like he doesn't understand that, but yeah, man, I don't know. Everyone was so quick to jump on Manfred as usual, but at the end of the day, if he's making more money for the owners and the players. They're gonna like this move,
1: right? But this is everything in the history of sports. It who does it benefit the owners and the players? Who doesn't it benefit the fans? Sure,
2: I agree. Do you know? Do you have any clue? Your best card that you get growing mm. up or anything?
1: I did get a and I I was a big Cal Ripken guy growing up. I did pull a Cal Ripken signed card in a pack. Um, I don't, I don't know what my most valuable card that I have would be. Um, I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's like, you know, I'm sure there's guys like, you know, I, I was collecting in the mid eighties and the early nineties. So You know, I'm sure I've got McGuire's rookie card and Bond's rookie card. And
2: you know, uh, the McGuire card that was worth the most back then. Which one? It was the Olympic one.
1: Okay. I have that for sure. 100%. Yeah.
2: He's wearing the USA
1: Olympic jersey.
2: That's the first ever Mark McGuire card. I just remember that.
1: That's a tops card. It is a tops card. Yeah. Um, I have a bunch of Jordan, Coca Cola, North Carolina cards. I like that whole set. Um, those were, those got up there in price for a while. I think like, I think there's 12 of them or something like that. And I think they were all over like a hundred bucks. So, you know, the, the Griffey rookie, I don't know. I have no idea what
2: the upper deck was th- the good Griffey one.
1: Yeah. I've, I've a number of those. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, I haven't done a full dive. I, I would like to do a full dive on my cards and kind of see out of curiosity, what they're worth what do you think a trevor bauer fanatics card in 2022 will be worth
1: that's a great call i have no idea
2: so the restraining order on trevor bauer was denied i'm sorry on yeah i guess the restraining order on him yeah from the woman was denied
1: yeah the the uh like i don't really have an issue with them denying this, if this is the thing, but I, but reading this, reading the, uh, the like judgment was a little bit confusing. So to me, like the judge said, listen, you got in a relationship and you basically said you were down for this kind of stuff, right?
2: Yeah. yeah, There's text
1: messages, but you didn't say, but then he took it to a place that you didn't you didn't like. And, and, you didn't say you weren't down for this. And therefore, and the thing is, my question is okay, the accusation is he punched her unconscious. And then when she woke up, he he had it in her. He was doing anal to her. He was sodomizing her. Yeah. Yeah. Against, so both of those things that she didn't sign up for. And she, now,
2: and also she claimed he was
1: choking her with her own hair. Right. Now, the judge, the judgment saying, listen, you have gotten into this. That's a very slippery slope. I mean, I'm not a judge. I'm not a lawyer, but it's a very slippery slope to say you signed up for this and you have to be clear about what you are into. Or what? Like, what if Trevor Bauer was into fucking corpses? Could he have then murdered her and fucked her dead body? And the judge would be like, you didn't say you weren't down for that. See, that seems like a very, very strange judgment to me to say you signed up for rough sex. So now absolutely anything goes unless you put it on some list where you weren't down for it. That seemed very, that seemed like a weird judgment to me.
2: Yeah. I think there's a lot of things at play here. There's obviously the law, there's a moral issue. And I was, I was debating this with a few
1: guys about it. We agreed when when this conver- when we started having this conversation. It's like, wow, you know, th- you're, there's a lot of stuff out there. Like when, when the first when the story first broke, and he started sharing stuff, and the and it started coming out like that they were in this, and that she was calling him back, and that like whatever, I we were we were both totally on board. Well, it's like sounds like you were into this, you know what I mean? And then he you know, goes you or whatever. And you freak out about it. But like the thing about it is if he took it to a place that she was just like, Holy shit. Like I didn't know it was going there. And a judge says, well, you didn't say it shouldn't. That really leaves the door open to like, you can do whatever you want.
2: Well, and also, you know, I've read a lot on it. So She was an alcoholic, a hardcore alcoholic. Okay. And, you know, the, the defense of Trevor Bauer is gonna use that against her because she was drinking heavily, and she even says, you know, she doesn't remember certain things, and and they did. They used that against her. And some of the text which she omitted from when she filed the restraining order, mentioned other things. And Bauer's attorneys asked her that during the deposition. They're saying, Well, why didn't you mention? that you would make comments about making millions off him because that's in text. And then that all came out. So she also slept again, not not that it justifies any sort of assault, but they're going to bring these things up. I don't know if you saw, she also slept with Fernando Tatis and uh, Clevenger on the Padres. Did you see that? No. So she actually was doing some work with the Padres charitable work. And when that was learned that she was messing around with a few players, they got rid of her because they said, it's a conflict of interest. You can't do that. So, you know, obviously, the defense is going to frame that as she's bouncing around ballplayers. She's trying to use these guys. She's trying to get money. So that's a tactic that they
1: used. Uh, Again, I think that I think that if the you know, I think going taking all this stuff in consideration and being like, yo, this there's it's a little bit suspect what's going on here is, and I, and I'm not going to grant you a restraining order because I don't think that you really want one, or I think this is whatever. That is not where I have a problem. I have a problem with the judgment, the wording of the judgment saying, basically, if you don't, if you don't explicitly say what you're not into, then he could be able then, then a man can assume that you are into it. And it's like, that's a really, again, Trevor Bauer's like, my kink is fucking, you know, newly murdered bodies. She didn't fucking say she wasn't into that. I killed her and fucked her dead body. Like, oh, well, you signed up for an abusive relationship. Should have known what you were into. Well,
2: again, that's why I brought up there. There's a moral thing as well.
1: Because it's just as it's just as criminal to kill somebody as it is to punch them unconscious.
2: Yeah. So, like, I was having this discussion with someone and I thought they brought up a good point. Because, because, because I look, I was, you know, me, I'm always being a contrarian. I'm also trying to play all sides. And I was like, well, look, I don't know if what he did was technically legally wrong based on some of the things I've seen. Again, it's, it's up for debate. But somebody made a great point to me. And they go, Andy, you're probably right. Cause the judge agreed. They go, but if, if you're hooking up with a girl, man, and she asks you to beat the shit out of her, you're not going to do it because morally you're like dude I don't want to beat the crap out of a girl whereas Trevor Bauer had no qualms about that she's like beat me up I'm into that and he and he did and she's arguing he took it too far whatever but that's my point you know you know the, there are moral implications here as well of like
1: yeah it's just I mean it just gets into a weird thing like let's say she let's say she's even like I want you to punch me unconscious, and he does. Does that mean everything goes once she's out cold? Like, could yeah. he? Could could he then have like dragged her unconscious, naked, and like laid her out on the front lawn and put up, you know, uh, you know, fifty cents to have sex with this body? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the idea that she didn't say no because she was literally out cold. Therefore, you know, she couldn't revoke consent or whatever. It just seems like a
0: crazy
1: judgment for like a judge to make, like to say, listen, if you don't say no to something and you've already said yes to things that are in the same realm, therefore, you it's like it's anything goes. It just seems crazy to me.
2: That's why I stay away from all this stuff, man. I'm serious. That's why I like all that violent. SNM kink stuff like no thanks. i barely could slap a girl's ass. I mean, I mean you because you it it can go it can go places. Like if someone openly says, I want the shit kicked out of me, I want it violent. And it's obvious. Right? Can we just agree that it's obvious? She gets off on it, and so does he. He clearly has a whole thing about getting off on this as well. Based on the text, based on how it went down, who knows? But I will, I will pose this question. Does he play on a team the rest of this year, or does he play in the major leagues in 2022?
1: I think he plays on in the major leagues in 2022. I don't think he plays on the Dodgers this year. He's obviously not going anywhere else besides the Dodgers. I think he plays in 2022 one way or the other, because either the Dodgers use the offseason to bring him back with the, you know, this all sorted or they do some sort of buyout or whatever. I mean, it sucks for him. You know, I don't want to say it sucks for him, but like this happens in the first year of this deal. It's like, a huge deal for another team to trade for him under this deal with all this going on seems crazy. It's kind of like a Deshaun Watson situation. It's like, you're, you're taking on whether, you know, whatever the legal ramifications of it are, you're still taking on this, you know, locker room story. And, and the fact of the matter is all the reports are the Dodgers don't want to back because they just don't fucking like him.
2: Yeah, it has nothing to do with this. They just don't like him.
1: They don't like him. And it has to do with this, right? Sure. It's like, like we're not going to put up with that bullshit when we don't even fucking like him.
2: Yeah. True. I think for sure he pitches next year. It goes back to our point that nobody ultimately cares. I just, I just, I just don't. I don't think fans care. I don't think owners care. You can write as many articles as you want. Again, this doesn't make it right. Just I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong. I'm saying, I don't think fans care. I don't think owners care. I don't think leagues care enough about this stuff. How many of these guys have done wild
1: shit? And then like is beloved in Pittsburgh beloved. That's a
2: prime example.
1: Beloved. Kobe Bryant is beloved in Los Angeles and worldwide and it's to the point where none of that stuff even gets mentioned anymore at all. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger, unlike Kobe, but multiple accusations, multiple. Beloved. No one in Pittsburgh, like, even mentions it. It's not even a fucking thing.
2: The only person that it's, it's completely affected and because there was is Ray Rice. I'm sure we're forgetting some people but but who else who else didn't get a job again if if they had the talent if they still had the talent who didn't get a job again? Richie Incognito tried to decapitate
1: his first deceased of all, first of all no video his deceased father Right. First of all, no video. The, the video is like a huge thing for the Ray Rice. I mean, the Ray Rice was a perfect storm of cover up video exposed toward the end of a running back's career like. It was a it was a perfect storm. Yeah,
2: and that's my point. Like, like that was towards the end of his career. I mean, Tyree he's,
1: Kill is still, you know, kicking girls down the hall and he's in the league and no one talks about it. Cream Hunt. Kareem Hunt didn't Tyree kill also assault, well, what there was allegations of kid that, or something like that. Yeah. There was, there was some
2: allegations around that. but and, and that's my point. Like ultimately you're wasting your time. I'm just telling anybody out there, if you think anything's going to change, it's just not going to change. Remember when all those NFL players did that commercial after the Ray Rice thing. Yeah. Didn't change anything. You want to hear from the dirt balls?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
2: Before we do that, I want to give a shout out to our friends at Everlane. I've been rocking my comfy Everlane sweats. In fact, I've been wearing them to yoga. They fit so great. They are
1: are the perfect sweats to wear to yoga i got some Everlane jeans that feel like sweats. Yeah. Yeah. They're so darn comfy.
2: I think you got the, did you get the black ones? I did. Cause I got the black ones as well. Guys, Everlane has everything you need to upgrade your summer look. And we're heading to fall. They have fall as well. Like you name it from workout to takeout swimwear to track wear styles for lounging at home or hitting up your favorite late night spot. Like Joe and I are saying, they have a nice diversity of clothes. They have a great selection, skinny to relax, slim to athletic, all these great types of denim. I got a pair of their uh, athletic denim, which I really like. So uh, go to everlane.com forward slash dirty and sign up for 10% off your first order plus free shipping and get, get easy returns within 30 days of your ship date. Once again, that's 10% off your first order when you go to everlane.com forward slash dirty and sign up. And I'd like to recommend some of the ladies' denim because they have a great selection that I know a lot of listeners will like for their ladies or for themselves or for their significant other. My, my sister-in-law, I got her a pair of the ladies' denim. Some of that new style you referenced earlier, the, the higher Jeans.
1: Yeah. Mom jeans.
2: Mom jeans is what she has. So, uh, once again, go ahead and go to everlane.com forward slash dirty to get 10% off. Okay. Dirt ball calls. We'll start off with this response to the bet, Joe. Okay. Guy's not liking it.
1: Okay.
0: I was calling in for the 2021 NFL bet, and my God, this is making no sense whatsoever. Andy gets to go to an amusement park for 12 hours when Joe is stuck in literal hell at Ikea. Andy's not even going to be eating any cones. He's just going to be having the time of his life for 12 hours. This needs to be revised. Condoms are for the Oklahoma Sooners.
1: Well, quick to the point, I mean, he's that he's already in a, a strong race with Majid for best call of the day. He essentially calls you out on trying to scam your way and going to an amusement park <laughs> and riding roller coasters as part of your bet. Um, and you know what? I mean, I said that I said that the whole time. I'm like, you're not even going to, you don't even need to eat. cheese going The next thing. You know, you're just spending two more hours than you would normally spend at. Well, and an I, amusement park. I combat
2: it. I've never been to the amusement park more than three hours, but I, I see his point. I'm not going to disagree. I think there has to be some sort of food in there. Because like I said on the show, every time I've gone, I eat beforehand. I'm not eating at the park. Now, if we make like a mandatory chili dog, I, I know my body and I'm being honest. There is a huge potential of vomit or shitting myself if I'm continuing to eat chili dogs throughout a 12-hour day while, while riding 80 to 90-mile roller coasters. Or not even just the roller coasters. Some of those things that spin and you know, you're know, you going up and down. Like The spin,
1: uh, sideways spinning for me has always caused me nausea. Upside down spinning, like forward and backward spinning, never. I could, I could go on roller coasters. I used to go on all the flipping things the whole time. The teacups, I'll yak immediately.
2: That's what I'm saying. It, it's not just the coasters. There are plenty of like those things.
1: I think you should have to eat cheese conies on the teacups (laughs) while spinning will they let you eat food (laughs) no i wouldn't be able to get on the ride
2: i mean we can we can work with
1: it we're getting close Where's where's the l chain at? that's the bigger question
2: starts thursday
1: starts thursday the l chain starts thursday
2: because the football season starts it's going to be two weeks from Thursday and Thursday.
1: Okay, I like it. The so last I, two weeks, you're you're literally getting in under the gun.
2: I've planned it out. I've planned it out.
1: I, I, once again, I am. I ask for uh, Cincinnati area dirt balls to slide in my DMs. We're gonna do uh, checkups on Andy. I've got uh, Joe Prano stickers and Dirty Sports koozies and other things, other all kinds of merch. I've got. I think I've got some leftover Miller Light merch here that I can send out. For you to do uh, checkups on Andy, make sure he answers the door in the L chain.
2: I can't wait to check my mail and my neighbor
1: saying, "I think somebody's staking out your house right now." Yeah, I'm making sure I'm wearing the L chain. I want, I, I want, I want a dirt ball in yoga class with you. Yeah, join me, Beachmont Racquetball Club. Come on out. I want, I want to see you. That, that L train dragging across the floor while you're in down dog.
2: Still working on that. Not the best. Yoga is not, t- not easy, man, for somebody like yeah. me. I'm, I'm not flexible. Okay. This is kind of related to amusement parks. I, I have an offer out here. I want to play.
0: What's up, fellas? Uh, this is a T. Colin, long-time listener. Uh, number one, we'll say uh, Western Wisconsin dirtball. Don't want to step on any other Wisconsin dirtballers' toes here. But I uh, just wanted to call and say, uh, currently just starting a road trip out east, and I'm going to be hitting up, uh fuck the name, Cedar Point on my way out east. But on my way back, I just want to throw out the offer, Andy. Uh, I know you got that Kings Island pass. So on my way back, you want to make a day with the dirt baller. Uh, all expenses will be on me at the park. Just figured I would call and do it while I'm out in that area. So, love listening to the show. Been listening since about episode 250, I would say. But yeah, stay dirty.
2: All right, this is the second dirt ball has reached out about Kings Island meetup. So I'm proud to say we're discovering there's a lot of theme park dirtball enthusiasts. Uh,
1: Not shocking at all. (laughs) Not shocking at all. I have a feeling if we offered Bagel Bites coupons, we'd get a lot of stickers as well.
2: Look, man, I appreciate the offer. I appreciate you I like, listening. For
1: example, I was not surprised the other day I did a show in Santa Monica. I was not surprised that former, uh, former super fan turned apparently, you know, he claims to no longer be a listener. But your boy, Matt Pidotti, not surprised he turned up at a comedy show while an eSports sports event was in town.
2: Hey, I have no problem. We, we have mended our differences, me and Pedodi. Okay,
1: great. Great,
2: yeah. I do love the claims doesn't listen. Well, DM me. I'm responding to DMs about the, the the park meetup. You know, dirty I, well,
1: sports meetup at the amusement park. Well, well, the only problem is again, I don't know how. Now that works. we're in different place, we used to we used to do uh, full on dirt ball meetups. Now we've splintered into two factions, and I I am asking uh, dirt balls to meet me at football games, and you're asking dirt balls to meet you at the snack bar area of amusement parks.
2: Yeah, that's right. Well, hey man, I'm I'm always up for Kings Island, but the the, we only have two more weekends of the quote unquote season. I don't know what happens during Scream Fest. I'm hearing coasters might be open. I'm hearing they're not open. (laughs) That's the month of October. I'm hearing a few different things. This is what's so crazy about this. Learning that like the, co- the coaster enthusiasts that are out there are far greater than you think. Yeah, so just DM me. Okay. This is, I think we've discussed this before, but I'll, I'll play it again. If it plays, it's struggling. It's not playing. Okay, let's let's try it one more time. Here
0: we go. What's going on, boys? Will, your uh, number one Indianapolis dirtball. Uh, just got done watching the Mouth and the Palace documentary on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It gives a great point of view of the Pacers players. Um, my question is, what is the best brawl in sports you've either seen in real life or you've been in? Mine is a 30 man brawl at a pickup basketball game at a church in Brownsburg, Indiana. Um, love to hear your story. Stay dirty, boys.
1: Uh, best one I've seen was the in person was the mellow sucker punch of Marty Collins and then mellow running full speed for the first time ever on a basketball court in his entire NBA career sprinting away from the scene of the crime after sucker punching Marty Collins, one of the 15,496 reasons. I hate Carmelo Anthony, just a cold cocking of Marty Collins and then legit running away. Trash bag.
2: I don't know what I've seen. My brother was at the Amir Garrett Pirates game. Okay, that's a good one. I was like, man, you were at that? That's pretty wild. I'm trying to think if I've seen one.
1: I was also at an end-of-the-season Mets game uh, versus the Phillies after uh, one of my favorite players growing up, Greg Jeffries. I believe it was after he got traded and then... Or was it after McDowell? I forget which one it was. Either either Jeffries had just gotten traded or vice versa, or McDowell had left. But anyway, they Roger McDowell hated Jeffries when he was on the Mets. And uh when they were both on the Mets together at the end of the season, Jeffries like grounds out to end the season. And McDowell says something on his way to first. Jeffries hits first base and immediately turns and they fucking brawl. And we had planned, it was crazy because we had. Plan to go to the game like the end of the season. The players, you know, if they're not going to the playoffs and stuff like that, a lot of times they would like meet the players, sign their hats, like shit like that. And the whole thing got canceled because there was a brawl.
2: I guarantee that I just can't think of any off the top of my head that I've seen. Even like Venice Beach, have you did you ever see any like wild brawls in the basketball courts? Mm, no, I feel like it was all just trash talking. Yeah. Oh, I saw actually great, great school. I saw some bras though. Now I think about it. Dude, we had, the, we had, the, we had these two kids. We had these two kids fight on the basketball court for like three or four consecutive days. And then we see the teachers walking towards it. We break it up. And they just kept fighting on the basketball court. Like you go back to, from recess back to class. Finally, teacher caught somebody. I'm not going to name names. You know who you
1: are. Grade school was wild, man. Yeah. Just fight club, grade school, fight club.
2: Well, I just, I missed those days. We had a game called Dirty 30. It was basically tackle basketball. Yeah. I don't even know what, like what we did. It. We'd tackle basketball. You know, the basketball and guys could just destroy you. And you trying to get the ball in the hoop, but like, you know, and you're on the pay, a hard pavement. Oh, a shout out to the Saint Xavier Bombers, my alma mater. Went to the, went to the game on Friday. We won the opening game.
1: My brother John used to run like a fight club during our swim team. He would essentially he would essentially like doesn't surprise me. He would essentially like put Mikey into the in the locker room and offer him candy as like a prize fight. And then he would go, he would go around and he'd be like, Hey, John would go around being be like, Hey, that kid over there said like, fuck your mom or whatever. And be like, what? And he said, yeah, you, you want to do something about it? Like fight him in the locker room. And then John would have people there like gambling on child fights. That's pretty awesome. He was basically running like a cockfighting ring, except instead of a set of roosters, it was like seven-year-old swimmers and speedos.
2: Yeah. My brothers used to pair us up. To fight against, not like a full ring like that, but
1: to get us to fight other kids, John would be paying people out in like Fun Dip and Jolly Ranchers.
2: I was loud. I was with my brothers yesterday. We were at we we're at my my younger brother's pool, and we were sharing some memories. And because I remember this stuff, and I said, "Guys, you remember when I was like five doing swim lessons at the swim club that we belong to?" I said, "You walked over." With my brother mark who was like two they hated the lifeguard who taught this one lessons so she's teaching a bunch of five-year-olds my brother elliot who he's eight years older than me so he's like 13 him and my brother brad have have elliot has mark and he's holding mark and he says to the lifeguard what are you gonna do if i throw this two-year-old in the pool you're gonna save him and then leave all the other five-year-olds unattended to like like that's how my brothers were right like i'm gonna I, I, he's he's going like this, like he's gonna throw my two year old brother into the pool where he would drown to see if she'll save him, and then leave all the other five year olds. She's teaching lessons unattended. He, he's like, you're, I, yeah, I remember that stuff, dude. You're a lunatic. Oh, Carolyn, I don't
1: remember her. the judge in the Trevor Bauer case would like to point out that your younger brother didn't explicitly say he didn't want to be drowned in a pool, and therefore. <laughs> And therefore, your brother was actually not doing something wrong. That makes sense.
2: All right, let's finish with one more call.
0: Hey, Joe and Andy. It's Evan here, Durfall Evan from Ohio. And I have a hypothetical. Say the NFL became 12 on 12, and the 12th man for each team was the team's name. So, for example, the Jets would have a jet, Broncos would have a bronco, the Bears would have a bear, and the Lions would have a lion. Who would win the most games if that were the case? All right, stay dirty. I mean,
2: this is such a wild. I mean, dude, how, did you smoke weed before this hypothetical?
1: This is this is great. Like, let's just let's just go through. I want to go through this. We got we got to settle in. Patriots are not winning, right? No. Buffalo Bills. That's, that's like a that, well, no, because they're not Buffalo's. They're Buffalo Bills. That's a character. That's like a old cowboy. They're not fucking winning the jet. Wait,
2: wait, 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 but but they're not. But they're, their logo is a Buffalo.
1: Yeah, but they're not. That's for Buffalo, the city. OK, but Buffalo Bill, you know, is a person, the Jets, I mean, the idea of a jet, but like how does that work? Yeah, I throw them out of it. A dolphin? No. A stealer? No. I don't even know what a brown is. Like, it's just a guy in a hard hat or something like that. A raven? No chance. Now, the Bengals, a tiger, we got a tiger but hard to tame, right? Now you need a lion tamer or tiger tamer on your thing. A titan? No what? what's a titan? You know, how do we use a titan there? Uh, a Texan? No. A colt? No. Jaguar? No. A chief?
2: I mean, Wait, wait, wait a second, do we got to tame him or is he just attacking
1: the other team? Well, that's the thing. But now we're talking about is he offsides? Is he on sides? Like, can we, can we get a tiger this to not, the, this is the not, most not, ridiculous shit
2: I've ever discussed. Is
1: it going to be possible for a tiger not to get in the, uh, neutral zone, a neutral zone infraction again, the tiger that won't stay on its side of the field. Same goes with a Jaguar, a Colt. I mean, if you're going to be, if we're going to even give a chance to the Colts, we gave a chance to the Broncos, right? Like. I I feel like you have a better chance of the Bengal than a Colt or a Tiger. Uh, The Raiders, I mean, you're you're just like an angry pirate. The Chargers, again, doesn't make sense. The Washington Football Club, the Eagles, the Giants. Giants, oh, is that like a Hulk situation? We just have a gigantic person? Now a gigantic person could stay on sides. A cowboy, no. A bear, bear strong. We know bears can... Do it. Vikings, Saints, Panthers, Falcons. Again, Bucks is just, like, is just a pirate, a Cardinal, a 49ers, just literally a guy with like a mining hat, a Seahawk, and a Ram. I'm going with Bears or Lions. I'm going with. Actually, I'm going to New York. Like, the jets thing is still again like I mean we're we talking like an F fifteen like, I mean I I would prefer to use the animal isn't that what he wants? I don't know he said jets, and then again giants like how big are a gi- how big is a giant? I mean a giant like think of a you know, a giant will kill a bear right? Why are they called Why are they called the giants? I have no fucking idea. Like, I think I mean I'm biased but like. What what animal is going to take down a giant like depending on how big a giant is? How do you think this question came to this guy? No, probably on drugs, which I'm in favor of. Who wins in a fight, a bear or a lion, you think? I was just thinking that. I feel like a bear is more tameable. But maybe not. There's not really I guess there are there's yeah, like bears are like riding unicycles and shit. Bears are so big, dude. They will fuck you up. They're not as big as giants, though. Again, I don't know how a jet remains on sides. And like just seems how's it flying? Like it, you right. can't just
2: you can't it can't just go up
1: vertically. Yeah. I'm going giants. It's a giant. They're giants. I'm going bears. Go to uh, the dirty sports Reddit. Who do you think would win in a fight? And who do you think would be a better like, a, a literal giant or a bear? It's the only way to end this show. Speaking of giant bears, did you hear that the Raiders were trying to get Khalil Mack back this offseason? No, I didn't see that. John Gruden, not afraid to take a gigantic L. He's like, I'm getting back with my ex. Hey, sometimes he sent it works. A, he sent a U up he to did. the bears. the Bears.
2: He did. That's funny. I didn't see that. 310-359-8365. That's the hotline. So if you smoke a little weed and you come up with a crazy scenario, give us a call. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. Drop a podcast review. And if you do, I'll send you two free koozies. Just leave your Twitter or Instagram handle in the review so I can reach out.
1: Come to my weekend in New Orleans for shows at Comedy House New Orleans and to watch Gigantic Giants stomp, I don't know, Mother Teresa and the Saints. We are going to do some shows. We're going to go to the Giant Saints game at the Superdome. Tickets are available. Link in all my social media bios, which is at Joe Prano everywhere except for Twitter at Fix Your Life. And uh, go to my website, JoePrano.com, for other shows.
2: All right, guys, that is our show. Have a uh, great start to your week. We'll be back in a few days. And as always, stay dirty.